Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two were faithful slaves of the Lord during their entire Christian lives and have become patterns to us of ones that counted all things lost on account of Christ. Witness Lee completed his most comprehensive work called the Life Study of the Bible just before going to be with the Lord in 1997. This program combines short excerpts from his original speaking, along with some of our own comments in fellowship. And as always, we'd like to hear from you with your thoughts or answer any questions that might arise while you're listening. We'll repeat this contact information at the end of the program, but if you have a pen right now, jot down our toll-free number, which is 888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Or you can reach us by email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. When Jehovah God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai to pass on to the children of Israel, they failed to understand that God was giving them a portrait of himself. In any society, the laws of that society reflect the kind of person the lawgiver is. But not only did the Ten Basic Commandments reveal our God in His person, so also do the detailed ordinances and statutes that followed. Deuteronomy is the rehearsing or re-speaking of the law to a new generation of Israelites waiting to enter into the good land, and each of them unveils more of what kind of God we have. Dick Taylor has joined us today as we come back to this portion of Deuteronomy, the rehearsal of the law, in so many fine details. Welcome to the program, Dick. Thank you, Brother Chris, and hallelujah for all these fine details to show us what kind of Christ we have. Dick, we've been considering this matter of government, uh, specifically among God's people, as seen in Deuteronomy, by these detailed instructions that the Lord was giving Israel on how they were to govern themselves. Again, to remind our listeners, the government that God intended for his people is a divine government. That's a government by God and according to what God is. As we continue today to look at some of the details in chapter 5, we really do get a window into what God is like, don't we? We surely do, Chris. Not only do we see the details of our God, the details of our Christ, but it leads us into the actual details of the experience of Christ and really brings us to God's heart's desire, which is his testimony. We'll see this as we go along. Dick, let's um, set up the first portion today by looking at a couple of the verses from our segment today, and we're in chapter 25. Uh, Let me just begin with a couple here. It says, If there is a dispute between men, and they approach the court, and the judges judge them, they shall justify the righteous and condemn the wicked. And if the wicked man is worthy of beating, the judge shall make him lie down and have him beaten before him, as is sufficient for his wickedness by number." Forty blows he may give him, he shall not exceed, lest in exceeding he beats him beyond these with many blows, and your brother is degraded before your eyes. I think this uh, section may sound strange right now. By the time we're finished with uh, the fellowship we're about to receive, it'll become a lot more clear, and there is a wonderful application here, isn't there? There surely is, Chris. Let's go to Witness Lee. Now we come to judgment 
on fathers and other children. Fathers were not to be put to death because of the children. You shouldn't condemn the father because of the sin's sin. Nor were the children to be put to death because of their fathers. In a society, especially in the body of Christ, you should not condemn the children because of the father's wrongdoing. Nor you should uh, condemn the father because of the children's wrongdoing. Let every man be put to death for his own sin. The father for the father's sin. The sin for the sin's sin. This is fair. This is just. And this is a point of God's justice. God is a God of justice. He would not allow anything that is unjust to be among his people. Uh, Then the judgment on a dispute brought before the children of Israel. There might be something as a kind of a dispute. You say you are right, and I say I am right. So what? We too cannot judge it. We have to bring this matter before the children of Israel. And they approached the court. The judges were to justify the righteous and condemn the wicked, right? Paul, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, does say the church is a little court. So if we have some cases, some disputes, we have to bring our disputes to the congregation of the church. Let the church people judge it. Then you just justify the righteous and condemn the uh, wicked, but when you condemn a brother, don't condemn exceedingly. When you talk a brother about a brother's wrongdoing, you better be careful, not too much. To degrade a brother in people's eyes is sinful. Don't forget that brother has been purchased with a great price. That is the blood of the Lord. This is what to keep the justice among God's people. Dick, we're talking about the principles that are seen in these details given in Deuteronomy that really show us something about God and uh, his way, his being, his life, and even how it operates within us as we really experience in Christ. Here were a couple of instances, one where the sins of the child are not to be uh, suffered upon the father and vice versa, that each man would be held accountable for his own deeds. Mm-hmm. And then this uh, last provision here about not, in the verses we read, about not exceeding the prescribed limit mm-hmm. uh, for the amount of punishment for a specific uh, failure. Talk about these things a little bit and what it does show us about God. Like our brother said, uh, Chris, the, his last statement, I think, was um, this is to keep the justice among God's people. In other words, you can see the real burden on God's heart is the keeping of the oneness. Mm. For us today as believers, there is a big need to learn how to keep the oneness among the members of the body of Christ. And uh, in dealing with somebody who has some kind of sin or fault, uh, even if there needs to be some kind of judgment on that person through fellowship in a kind of group way, Even to condemn that person, we need to be careful as to how much they're condemned, uh, lest it damage somebody uh, 
that Jesus Christ has shed his blood for mm. and somebody that he treasures as a member of his body. There needs to be some judgment, but it's got to be fair, it's got to be righteous, and it's not to exceed too much, lest that member is not able to recover and is degraded too much. So you can kind of see the burden on the Lord's heart from these details in Deuteronomy is to bring us into our living today as Christians, as a member of the body of Christ, how to keep the oneness. Eventually, what the Lord needs is the testimony of the oneness of his body. So praise the Lord for these details in Deuteronomy, which show us how to take care of the oneness of God's people for his testimony. In the Old Testament here, the the people had a prescribed amount of punishment that could be doled out or measured out. In this case, it was 40 blows, and 41 would have been excessive. For us, uh, in the kind of situations you're describing, we don't have a, a written code here, do we? But we do have a life within that will tell us where that point is and when we have exceeded it, don't we? That's right, Chris, and thank the Lord these details bring us to Christ as our life, and that life with its regulations and guidelines is this wonderful person living in us. May we pay close attention to this dear Christ who lives within us and live according to the guiding of his life. Dick, we've got another portion coming up that may cause uh, our listeners to scratch their head a little bit when I read these verses. Um, But again, there's an application that I think will uh, be quite clear before we're finished here. Uh, Also in chapter 25, as we continue, it says, If brothers dwell together and one of them dies, and he has no son, the wife of the deceased man shall not become the wife of a stranger outside the family. Her husband's brother shall go into her and shall take her as his wife, and he shall do the duty of a husband's brother here. And the firstborn whom she bears shall assume the name of his deceased brother, so that his name is not blotted out of Israel. And uh, as I said, though it may cause us to wonder a bit as to what the application is, this last phrase really is the key, so that his name is not blotted out of Israel. God has a real concern here, doesn't he? He really does. Well, let's go to Witness Lee and uh, get some help, Dick. The judgment over a brother who was not willing to do the duty of a husband's brother. And this case, of course, is very, very strange to all of us because among us there is not such a practice. This brother was to take the deceased brother's wife as his wife and was to do the duty of a husband's brother for her. And the firstborn whom the wife bore was to assume the name of her deceased husband so that his name would not be blotted out of Israel. This, number one, shows God's love. Even this man dies, yet God still lacks to keep his name among his people. In other words, God likes to see the uh, production among his people. You died. You didn't have any descendant. Then God wants your wife to uh, be a wife of your brother. By this way, your wife could bring forth a son to keep your name. This is love. This is the desire of uh, God's people being productive. This indicates that you have to be productive. 
today. Do you have a spiritual sin? You have. That's wonderful. Then you die. You can die in peace because you have a sin born. Suppose you don't have a spiritual sin. Then you die. Then you are out. No successor. Then what shall we do? It's better to have your sin as a successor than not to have. To be dropped out among God's children is a shame. You must have successors. And uh, you have to help me to get successors. Amen. If you don't do this, then this means you do not do your duty. Yeah. You do not fulfill your duty to help me to get successors. Now, while you are still living, try the best to beget successors. Right? And help others to uh, get successors. Do your duty. You have to help me because you are my brother. Okay, I think uh, it's getting a little more clear what the application here, isn't it, Dick? We have a brother who dies before he has had a son to carry on his name, and so his brother bears now the duty to take his wife and bear a son in his name so that there uh, would not be the end of his name among Israel. God really cares for our fruit-bearing, our production, as uh, Witness Lee just called it, doesn't he? He really does. And I like these details in Deuteronomy because it basically brings you to the point where it says, do your duty. (laughs) So our duty as believers is to be productive, is to be fruitful. Uh, I think this brings us to the Lord's words in John 15, doesn't it, Chris? Right. Where the Lord says, he's the vine, we're the branches. If we abide in him, then we bear much fruit. And I like chapter 15, verse 8. It says, in this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So there's a real desire, even in these details in Deuteronomy, to make us productive persons for the Father's glory. Again, the desire that he has is that he could be expressed and he could be testified. Well, how is this done? This is done by us personally bearing fruit, uh, bringing others to the Lord, helping them to know the Lord and enjoy the Lord and to be members of the body of Christ and then also helping them to be fruitful. Right. So this is also a good point, that not only we would be productive like this, uh, the brother of the husband who died, he would become uh, fruitful, but also he would help another. He'd help the wife of his uh, deceased brother to also be fruitful. And so we not only become fruitful ourselves, but we're busy helping others to also be fruitful. Like that uh, frameable quote that I like from Brother Lee where he says, My only interest, taste, and desire while I'm on this earth is to help unbelievers to know the Lord and help all of you to enjoy him more and to help the church to be built up as the organic body of Christ. This is what I really enjoy. And then he said, nothing can stop someone who enjoys Christ. So this means that a lot of our real enjoyment of Christ is related to bearing fruit and being productive. So these details in Deuteronomy are just details to show us how to be a joyful Christian. Right. That is to abide in the Lord, to enjoy the Lord, allow the Lord to flow through us into other people so that we would be fruitful, and then also to help them to bear fruit. And this is all, again, for the Lord's testimony. Even even after the Lord spoke in John chapter 3 about being born again, many of us miss what he said after that. 
He said in the earlier part of chapter 3, you must be born again, you must be born anew, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. A little later in this same chapter, John said, this Christ must increase. The Lord Jesus needs to increase. So our being productive and our being fruitful is for the Lord's testimony and for his increase. The more he increases, the more he's actually expressed on this earth. So hallelujah for these details in Deuteronomy to make us productive people for his testimony on this earth. Well, to stay true to the form we've established today, Dick, we're going to turn again to a third section and a couple more verses in chapter 25. It says, You shall not have in your bag differing weights, one heavy and one light. You shall not have in your house differing measures, one heavy and one light. Another uh, mystery awaits. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go back to Witness Lee. The children of Israel were not to have differing weights, one heavy and the other light. Nor were they to have in their house differing measures than are these kind of persons. They have different scales. <laughs> when they buy, they use a scale. When they sell, they use another scale. What is this? This is dishonesty. This is a lie from Satan. This kind of a practice surely is of the enemy Satan. People used to ask, how could you keep your life so long? What the way you take care of your health? Well, mostly people answer, well, I take care of my health by proper sleeping and by proper eating and this and that. I never heard that you keep your longevity by being what you should be. Right? Be fair, be righteous, be just. You shouldn't keep two kind of measurements. You keep two kind of weights. You may say, I never had two skills. Don't say this. All the time you have two skills. If you do it, you justify it. If I do it, you condemn it. Amen. These are two skills. <laughs> you are not just sisters. If you would give me mercy and not be offended by me, I was especially the sisters always have two skills. Quite often, the sisters don't like the elders. Different skills, different weights. When you weigh others, you use a heavy one. When you weigh yourself, you use the light one. You always justify yourself and always condemn others. Better give more credit to the other party. Give more debit to yourself. Don't credit yourself that much. If your sisters would give a little more credit to the elders, you will see wonderful elders. <laughs> you would say, poor me, pitiful me. I assure you, you go to any church on this earth. I don't believe you could find a church where the elders are satisfactory to you. By all these points, you could see our God is the great God. Amen. Yet, he's very detailed in small things. Why? Because he's just, he's righteous, and he's fair. He always measures things the same weight. No difference in his measuring, in his weighing for eternity. Dick, I like his phrase here near the end. 
by all these points, you could see our God is the great God. He's fair, he is just, he is righteous, and he is loving, and he is full of concern for his people, isn't he? He surely is. And again, Chris, I really appreciate that he's fair, righteous, just, he's loving, and that is mainly for us to keep the oneness of his testimony and to take care of one another in a proper way. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of a, a quote from him, Chris, where it says, strict with self and easy on others. Generally, we have two scales, you know, one for ourselves and one for others. And the uh, lighter ones for ourselves, the heavier ones for others. <laughs> uh, so the point is, what happens is that destroys the oneness. And uh, we don't have any kind of proper testimony. I was thinking of several verses, Chris, where you can see this is deeply on the Lord's heart. The details in Deuteronomy are really expressed, in a sense, in the New Testament. Like Philippians 2, Paul was charging them, um, make my joy full that you think the same thing, having the same love. Yes. Uh, Joined in soul, thinking the one thing, doing nothing by way of selfish ambition, which means weigh yourself lighter and weigh somebody else heavier, uh, nor by way of vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, considering one another more excellent than yourselves. Wow. Not regarding each his own virtues, but each the virtues of others. So you can see in the New Testament there's this thought and burden of taking uh, proper care of one another and honoring one another as members of the body. In 1 Corinthians 12, uh, it talks about how the body is one and that there are many members. It makes it very clear we need to properly care for the members so that there's a testimony of oneness. Verse 22 of 12 says, but much rather the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And this chapter seems to stress the fact that we're not here to promote those who are comely, but even those who are uncomely. That's right. That's just the opposite of having two scales. Exactly. And so, again, what's the purpose? Well, like verse 24 in chapter 12 says, but our comely members have no need. If you just build up the comely members, you have division. You're promoting those who are quite capable or whatever. But the Lord's burden, even with these two scales, is to show us he desires a testimony, and that's a testimony of the oneness of the body of Christ. So hallelujah for our wonderful God who is fair, he's righteous, he's just, he's loving, so that we might maintain our oneness and that we might be his Precious testimony on this earth. I love him, Chris, and I love these practical details. Yeah, you really have to, Dick, to see the Lord's um, being expressed so finely, so divinely. And uh, that same life with uh, this description, with these attributes, is what is operating in all of us as New Testament believers today as his one body. Really, all three of these sections, when you consider the first section about not degrading the brother who had uh, you know, sinned and had been unrighteous, but to keep the measured uh, punishment fair and not to degrade him, really concerned with the body, concerned with the oneness. The second section about the... Uh, about bearing fruit and not just having concern that we ourselves would bear fruit, but helping the other brothers and sisters to bear fruit as well. And then finally, 
this way of measuring one kind of measurement for the others and another one for ourselves that disrupts the body. It's uh, marvelous unity here among uh, this passage in Deuteronomy that we would probably have puzzled over for a long time without the help of this ministry. That's really true. And thank the Lord for this wonderful life that's within us that keeps us in this oneness according to these details. Well, Dick, let's do this again. This was enjoyable. Let's do it. Thank you for being with us today. You're welcome. And we'll invite you to contact us at our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Uh, you can reach us also by mail at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or email is radio at lsm.org. For Dick Taylor today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today, email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.